listening to cbjradio.com yet? It's a free internet radio station. Brand new shows every day. Shows range from a hip-hop show to rock shows to all independent artist shows. Plus, we have a Friday night request show. And don't forget about retro Saturday nights. Make cbjradio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. Hello, friends. How you doing? Hope you're doing well. You're safe and sound. Uh, you're enjoying the spring weather. Uh, here in Wyoming, uh, the weather hasn't got the memo that it's springtime. And it is currently snowing. It snowed yesterday. It's going to snow all day today and tomorrow. Yeah, snow in Wyoming is good. It's actually good. It means less drought during the summer. So hold tight, Wyoming folk. You know, we know. We expect it. Now, today's guest is Doug Mater. And as you will learn in this episode, Doug and I played football together, and we talk about how influential our head coach, John Detai Jr., was in our lives on and off the field. Plus, I learn a lot about Doug that I never knew before, especially about his career path. Let's get to the interview. You know, actually, uh, I am in the, the town and probably only about like six blocks from the first house my parents had in Gearing, Nebraska. And so was was born here. Um, we lived here for about four years before we moved uh, to, to Laramie. So this is kind of, uh, Gearing is kind of my original hometown, but um, you know, Laramie's I would say I was raised in Laramie and you know, Laramie's still probably, and will always probably be my, my hometown. So. So did you, are your parents like native to Nebraska, native Gearingers, Gearingites? Yeah, they're, they're uh, actually of my, you know, like direct family um, between my mom and dad and then two sisters. Um, only the youngest Carrie is not a native Nebraskan. Oh. So most of us are, uh, she was born in Laramie, but um, dad's from Crawford, Nebraska, which is right up by the kind of northwest corner of the state of Nebraska. And then mom's from Shadron, which is like 20 miles east of Crawford. So um, pretty much, pretty much a, a panhandle of Nebraska, western Nebraska heritage going back well over 100 years, actually, so... Yeah. <laughs> wow. So you you say we well, got you got a couple siblings there, older yeah. and younger. So I'm the oldest. The uh, Nancy is uh, Nancy's the middle child, and uh, she lives uh, she lives in Boston. Oh wow. So yeah, she's she's the only one who really got real far away and stayed far away. Although she's very proud of uh, you know Laramie and Wyoming and UW, okay. but. <clears throat> She kind of likes Boston. So she's married, has two little two little boys. Milo is 10 and Hugh is, gosh, I think he's six. Um, and then Carrie is the youngest and she lives in Cheyenne. She teaches um, special ed at Cheyenne South High School. Oh, wow. So I always think it's nice that she's not at Easter Central because, you know, <laughs> as, as former as, as former Plainsman, um, 
I, I can handle a school that we didn't have anything to do with because it didn't exist back then. But if she'd be at like East or Central, it'd be a little bit hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow. I know plenty of people we went to high school with that all oh, live in Cheyenne and their kids go to East or Central. And I'm like, well, what do you do when they play Laramie? And they're like, cheer for Cheyenne. I'm like, ugh. <sighs> yeah, hard. I, I, I've, I've noticed that too. It's like, man. And they were, a lot of them were like diehard. Oh yeah, you know plainsmen. Where it, you know, I know in some of the guys that are in your class that are over there that we played football with that are um, great guys. And you're just like, man, 25 years ago, I know they would not be happy about. But it's your kid, and so yeah, it changes, changes everything. So, but it just is. We're like, oh man, I can't believe he's got an East shirt on. Oh yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. I have a hard, I have enough time wearing a class of 94 reunion shirt, let alone another school shirt. So with, with your siblings, like how, how, what's the age difference between you guys? So Nancy is two years younger than me. And then Carrie is seven years younger. So a little bit, just a seven year, seven year time frame between the oldest and the youngest. So yeah, I, I'm well spread out. I got a sister that's six years older than me, and then a stepsister that's four, and then a younger sister that's 11. Oh, man. Um, so, I, and I'm the only boy. So, like, I kind of had my own childhood. I kind of had my own thing. I didn't have to share anything. I mean, sisters always take your clothes if you're a guy. It doesn't really work the other way, but yeah. I noticed that a lot. Um, I'd come home to visit, and I'd be like, my little sister's wearing my clothes. I'm like, oh, sweet. You know, I was like, <laughs> oh, that's where it went. I gotcha. Uh, and so, but like, uh, I lived in the shadow of my older sibling out in Oregon for a long time. Um, she is actually the original rude. Um, her co oh, we had wow. a coach. Yeah. Uh, her track coach, my football coach, uh, deemed us rude. And, uh, so when I came into football, she's, he was like, Oh, you're rude's little brother. And I was like, I'm always Rochelle. I'm always Rochelle's little brother. Growing up in Oregon, it was always that way through classes, through everything. And then we moved to Laramie and I didn't have that shadow. I became rude eventually. And uh, she'll always be like, well, I was the original rude. And I'm like, I made it famous though. So, <laughs> exactly. And, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it was interesting. I had that, that the shadow that over uh, an older sister. She talked for me a lot. She, uh, she helped raise me a lot. Uh, that I can remember. Uh, my parents divorced when I was younger. And so she was always around uh, helping out and talking for me. I think I carried that on through my siblings. I was like a built-in babysitter. Maybe you probably were too, seven yeah. years uh, ahead of your youngest. And so my mom would be like, oh, we'll get you pizza and a movie. And that kept me busy throughout high school and such. Yep. Yep. Same thing. Pretty much. Pretty much. And I mean, obviously Nancy and I were close enough in age that um, you know, we were probably, I don't know, we're, I don't, I don't really know that I babysat, I had to babysit her, but there'd be times when I would be the one in charge and Nancy would be there also, but, you know, it really was just kind of keeping, um, yeah, keeping an eye on Carrie. And that wasn't a problem. She wasn't, never, never was in any kind of trouble or any kind of a hassle. So it was pretty, pretty easy. So so as a kid growing up, were you uh, were you into you know, sports? Were you into academics? Do you like reading a lot? Do you have activities and stuff? Yeah. So, you know, I think the first actual sports that I got into would have been soccer. 
<laughs> and um, I don't spend a whole lot of time on Facebook anymore, um, but I check in every so often, just kind of see like birthdays and stuff like that. And and um, a buddy that grew up on the same street as me in in, in Laramie on Barrett in uh, in South Laramie, like that was a like that was a tough part of Laramie. But um, Jake Harrison and his dad John was a coach and. John, I don't know if John gets quite enough credit, but John really helped make was kind of like the father, I always figure, of soccer in Laramie. Oh, yeah. With getting soccer stuff going and and uh I mean he'll probably always be coach. So even though it's probably been 30, 30 plus years, 35 years since I played soccer with him. But so we did we always did that, the the Laramie Youth Soccer Association stuff with the blue and yellow jerseys that you can reverse <laughs> and um, did that, and then of course you get into fifth grade and <clears throat> and um, got into the little league football and and uh, not being a little a little guy, I was always it was always like it wasn't asked if I was playing football; it was what position am I playing, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> and yeah. it probably more realistically was which which position on the offensive line is he playing? Is he a guard or is he a tackle? Um, so those were kind of the, the sports I always had um, kind of awkward knees. And so I played soccer, played basketball, but once you get done with the football season, doing basketball, run up and down a, a hard court that I was just, my knees would just be just sore. And so um, kind of got permission to, to not, not do that. And, and you remember the, you know, the D tie theory, he wanted you to, he wanted you to be a multi-sport athlete and wanted you involved in, <clears throat> in things. And I always figure I got lucky to get a dispensation from him because, you know, my knees would be kind of swollen and sore and he'd be like, just work. You're going to work out though. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll be in the, I'll be in the gym. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I was a good student, not a great student. Um, I don't remember fully where I was at the graduating class. I don't remember what I ranked, to be honest with you, but um, I didn't get any of the big scholarships. So that means I wasn't that high. I wasn't that high up there. No presidential scholarship to UW or um, any of those things, but, um, you know, not a bad, not a bad student. And I didn't read. I read now a lot, but I didn't read at all in high school. I avoided even in college, I didn't want to take a literature class because you'd have to read. And now here I am reading Greek mythology books and, um, you know, I'm in an online book club. I think I've probably gone full nerd, to be, <laughs> honest, to be honest with you, with just trying to get caught up. And There was a quote, I think it was Euro Trip. And they're in college, not your old trip, road trip. And he's like, they're in college. And he goes, man, if I would have known there was this much reading involved in college, I would have rethought the whole situation. And I was like, oh, that is so true. It took me a long time to be a pleasure reader. Like, yeah. I didn't want to do it through high school, of course, through college. But it felt like you were just reading all the time in college, like reading. Yeah. And I didn't even know how to take notes right. So I didn't even know what I was supposed to be trying to figure out what to read and everything. Um, I played soccer as a kid, but I didn't, have, I didn't play here in Laramie. I, I see all those jerseys. My little sister did. Um, I was actually quite good at it. Weirdly enough, I had a good, strong leg. I could kick the field. So they either put me at goalie or, or, or forward. And, yeah. like, my shots would just knock goalies over. So, like, 
yeah. it was one or the other. And, and I played it until fifth grade, sixth grade. And I was like, I'm going to quit because I want to watch cartoons. Cause I, and, and I didn't, I wrestled, which I regret to the day of wrestling for three years. Cause it was like, you had to do more than one sport kind of thing. I wasn't quite involved with the D tie tradition of football yet, but it was, I always wanted to do at least a couple sports because uh, the athlete side of me want to do it, but wrestling yeah. was, was tough. And, uh, sixth grade, terrible at it. Seventh grade. All right. Came to Laramie my eighth grade year, one match, pin the guy in like four, like 30 seconds. The coaches thought I was some like prodigy. Then I had chicken pox the rest of the year, rest of the season. Oh, and yeah. so eighth grade chicken pox, they suck. Like, yeah, like, really, like it was really old to get them. It was terrible. I lost weight, bunch of weight, came back and uh, would drop down a weight class and I'm practicing and I, and there's a picture on Facebook and I my last throwback Thursday, I took these two fingers and try, Oh, these two and try to put them up here. Actually it was Bubba who tried to put them here. He, we were, who were practicing against each other. And so I'm all taped up. I come in and I got, I got this out two weeks and, and the coach was like, you should tape it up and wrestle. And I was like, wrestling's not that cool. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, no. And I walked out the door. I think I still got my participation, but I didn't stay around for that season. And the same coach would bug me all the time. We're going to wrestle. I ended up being a skier. So um, that's right. forgot about that. I was lucky (laughs) enough to have a senior football player. Cody Hansen was a skier too. So he, he blazed the trail for me to get on the ski team. Cause D-Tai would always give me crap about it. He's like, linemen shouldn't be skiing and and wrestler, you know, you should be wrestling or playing basketball. And I was like, no, no. I was like, I basketball, I like shooting baskets. It's fun and everything. I don't have the desire to win. I don't care what happens. So you don't want me on your team. I'm not really, Mm -hmm. I'm competitive in my own way, but I wasn't wanting to play basketball for Lemmy High. Skiing was fun. I grew up skiing in Oregon and everything. It was hard work. To, to do that and most of the guys on my team and girls they spend all year be getting ready to become skiers and i spent all year being a football player so i'd have to uh quit working out legs because my calves wouldn't fit in the boots uh-huh. like i'd have to start like middle of football season like to just slim it down Let it it yeah yeah because it was they're huge this i'm we have huge calves they have from ankle weights like you could spot a Laramie football player that played in our time area yeah. from a mile away because they probably still have the huge calves because oh, they yeah. don't go away that easy. <laughs> no, no, that's a wonderful memory. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 no. yeah, yeah. no, I did. I did, I, I would have liked to have played basketball. I don't I don't think I would have. I never would have started. You know, I mean, I'm 6'2", which oh, yeah. is, isn't short, but – that's probably more like a guard and I'm not, I'm a guard, but I'm a offensive guard. <laughs> yeah. Not a, not a point guard. Yeah. <laughs> so I always, I always kind of figured I'd have been like five really hard fouls that needed to happen. Like an enforcer in hockey. It's like, Oh, 50, 50 coming off the bench. Somebody's, somebody's getting a bruise and, and a message is getting sent. <laughs> yeah. Or you're the mean screen setter. You just yeah, exactly. Okay, well, on the, like I, I played in murals <laughs> and my senior team, we didn't really have a true point guard. And so every once in a while I got stuck because my height, because everybody else was tall, not mostly taller on my team. 
in like a we play a zone i'd be in the top zone guarding little guys i'm like i'd turn around and be like okay get ready for him to blow right by me because i can't guard a john wood or john yeah. um no way like, exactly. <laughs> exactly that's what i mean i'd have i'd have uh i, I just would have been like we just need you to go get rebounds take take some yeah. charges set some screens and average five fouls yeah <laughs> I never felt so small when uh, I played the faculty team and you go through a couple there, like Rod Tyson, Psalm, yeah. uh, Bradfield screens, put you on your ass a few times and you not see him coming <laughs> and they're grabbing and pulling at you as they're doing all the old man tricks uh-huh. and everything. It, I mean, they, it was funny. Cause like you'd get the best student team together and then they'd be like, Oh, we're going to bring Rod Tyson in. I'm like, Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And Bleak was a really good shooter. Like that's right. they would stack the house against <laughs> yeah. the good student teams. Yeah. And cheat and cheat, like I said, like grabbing jerseys, punching like, like hitting Charlie horses. Oh yeah. Yep. I remember a lot of that stuff. And so I don't know if you played intramurals against them at uh-huh. all. Yeah. And so and we 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 had a basically we kind of called it the football team. And so very little skill. You know, what I mean, like we had Dunham and Clint Devon and and Dusty, and they actually played basketball. You know, so they actually were on the basketball team. So we had a, we had a few guys that were 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 good, but it mostly was like Yancey Brown and me and yeah. the Egglestons. You know, I mean, not, we didn't have any right really playing basketball, but and the the faculty were like, "You got to call your fouls," and and they got, I think they all kind of got a little bit upset with us because we were we were. It was it was a little bit <clears throat> it was a little bit more Washington Park uh, <laughs> basketball, pretty competitive, and if nobody was bleeding, it and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I actually want to uh, tell the people I want to. We talked about ankle weights. So if you played Laramie High football, your junior and senior year, you had to wear ankle weights like always, whatever practice was going on. Um, Running in the morning. Yeah. And I I talked to uh, Miss G at uh, D-Ty's funeral. And we were talking about ankle weights. And I was like, because like ankle weights legitimately gave me tendonitis in my knee. Mm -hmm. And she told me, she's like, I try to reason with him saying these do more damage than they they do good. But we're wearing them because it's probably something John Sr. did. And so she's like, people used to hollow out their, their ankle weights and put cotton in them and then put the sand back in them when they return them in. And I was like, genius. I didn't actually ever think of that. That is pure genius yeah. to do that. I can't remember them talking stories and you never knew. There was so much lore and legend, you know, wow. around, um, around D-Tie and, and just the, the, <clears throat> you know, things that would have, the stories, you know, it's heard oh, yeah. from, you know, sometimes in the eighties and stuff. And, but I do remember them talking about that. And they, they said they, the coaches would go around and start, you know, when you're doing calisthenics, the coaches would go around and start grabbing, <laughs> grabbing, just making sure that it wasn't, it, it actually still had, you know, either the sand or the, the BBs or whatever those, yeah. whatever those old things had in them so that, that you could, yeah, those were, <clears throat> those are miserable that's a it's a fun story to tell because people just look at you like what 
Like, yeah. No, yeah, we had to, <laughs> you had to have them on to go for the three mile run in the morning up at Guernsey. And then you had to have them on for practice for both the morning and the afternoon practice. And I said, man, by the time you got to take them off, I don't know if you actually were faster, but you felt so much faster. <laughs> the psychology of it was fantastic. It's like, it's like freedom. <laughs> like running on turf. Like first time I ever ran on like turf, I was like, I feel like lightning right now. And I'm not that <laughs> fast of a dude. This is great. <laughs> yep. But yeah, it was the ankle aids. Uh, D, I always say D tie uh, was the smallest guy I was ever scared of. And second to Coach Robertson, like, like both of them. I mean, D tie and Robertson. I, I, I was like, they're tiny dudes. And I was deathly afraid of both of them. Yeah. Like, Neither yeah, of them were, I wanted to touch my, my face mask. I was good with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's about, that's about accurate. Yeah. I don't think either one of them are, well, I know John wasn't six feet tall. I doubt Robertson was close either. <clears throat> Maybe a book 50. No, but I, I learned a lot about science and a lot of stuff from him, from our conversations. Pavlovian. I learned a lot about Pavlovian, like, He's like, I want to get you guys like, and it worked. I remember we played Cheyenne Central our first game my senior year, and I knew their offense inside and out. And the moment the guard took off, I was like, here comes the fullback to full fill, shuck him, tackle. And it all was just because of, because of Robertson. He's like, you're going to know when that guy moves exactly which play is going. And I gave the guy snot bubbles. It was awesome. Like, yeah, I was like, because he didn't, I didn't like it just really, I was like, they, they did inside trap and I didn't get trapped. Yeah. We, we ran against it so <clears> many <throat> times. We were probably better at it. Our scout team was probably better at their offense right then. Yeah. They ran it so many times. We weren't going to lose to Central because I lost to Central all through my high school career until my senior year. Like, um, seniors at least. I think we beat them JV and, and freshman, but we, I didn't know. Um, Sheridan was slowly building this dynasty in the north, yeah, and uh, this passing dynasty that it, holy crap! When we played them, I had no. Uh, the they had huge Rivers. dudes. They had huge dudes that would chop block, and I was yeah, like, yeah. "You probably could beat me one on one in a block, but your chop block." It was so interesting how yeah. they ran their offenses and such, and and so what? Like, do you have any like memorable moments from from? football like what is your you know i um i don't know when you talked about when you knew the play yeah we were playing um that was when i was a junior and uh you had kind of a rough that was kind of a rough year after after your class yeah. which, you know by by all means probably the third number three team in the state after gillette and <clears throat> and sheridan and, and both of those teams had a lot of good athletes and big kids. Yeah. I mean, Dusty, what's his name for uh for Gillette? <laughs> yeah. Threw me. <laughs> he, like he threw the shot put like he threw uh just like a rock, just skipping a rock. You know, I think he was throwing the shot 62, 63 feet. Jesus. Um <clears throat> you know, I think I think the best I got was maybe 50, 52. <laughs> As a senior, but yeah, so yeah, he was yeah. he was a beast. But we we were playing um, up in Sheridan, 
And we actually played them really well. You know, I think they won state again that year. And I, I don't know what the score was, but so I, I was the first guy off the bench for the defensive line. And so I'd kind of, you know, they'd go, you'd start like left tackle, left guard. And, and I got to watch in um, one of the guy's hands and he leaned and I was like, I knew what was coming. And it's probably the only time in my whole football career where I knew the play and they were going to, he was going to kind of down block and it was a veer option type thing. And I don't have a clue what it was called, but um, man, I did this awesome spin move and I whipped my elbow and, and um, then <clears throat> the fullback creamed me. Oh just absolutely and i remember thinking you know it's like it was slow motion like i'm gonna make the play i'm gonna make the play oh, i know where it's going and i get past the tackles super easy and all of a sudden it's the lights went out i mean i just got i got leveled and my chin strap was about i'm looking through my chin strap through my eyes and had a raspberry on my chin and a raspberry on my nose as the chin strap moved its way up and Probably legitimately had a concussion, but um, but I did. I, I was so heartbroken. And the fullback was a – I don't know who he was. He was a nice guy. And he helped me up, and he goes, man, you weren't supposed to be there. And I was like, no kidding. <laughs> he was, he was, I don't know whether he – I don't know whether he didn't understand how, how much he clobbered me, but he was like, man, you weren't supposed to be there. And I was like, you weren't supposed to be there, telling me I wasn't supposed <laughs> to be there. I got clobbered. So I don't know. I don't have any, I don't have any glory stories, no sacks, no, um, you know, interceptions or fumbles or anything, but I always, um, <clears throat> you know, like when, when you're going through like camp and, you know, nothing when you're that young really prepares you for how much that's going to suck. Yeah. And everybody tells you how much, going to Guernsey sucked. Mm -hmm. um, and I, my dad was like, one day, like, you know, you'll probably be over 30. And he was like, this will help you. This will be good for you. And you're like, you're 15. Your brain's not going to register that. You know, you're just like, dad, it's hotter than heck. You know, yeah. it's like 110. And we're in line picking off burrs off of that parade ground and two practices a day plus running in the morning. Um, <clears throat> and then like every other night you had to lift, you know, and just the, the stuff you go through that you, you learn how you can kind of get through stuff. And you know, there's, there's definitely things where I look back and go, man, you know, you know, you can, you know, you can get through things because you got through that kind of stuff. I think I'm more grateful for that. Um, you know, just that, that, I guess that toughness that you build and, you know, probably two or three detail sayings that aren't, <laughs> that aren't, they aren't the famous ones. They're not, yeah, the, yeah. <clears throat> they're not the famous ones, which there's a ton of value to those. But, um, I, uh, I got called over, I think you was probably when you were a senior. And so they, they wanted me to come over and do, no, take it back. I would have been a junior and um, I can't, I, there was a play called like quick pitch left, oh, yeah. pitch right. And I was always a guard. 
so I knew all the pulls that I had to do, like, not that there was many, but, you know, but also they put me a tackle and I didn't know what to do. I never ran the quick pitch. I was like, do I down block? I couldn't remember. And I completely screwed the play up, you know, and uh, Dita is like, you know, what happened? What happened here? And uh, oh no, this is it. This is my, this is my time. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the guy that's the example. And um, he says, what'd you do? And I went, I didn't know the play. I've never, I've never, I didn't know. And he goes, all right, that happens. What do you do if you don't know what to do? (laughs) And man, my brain was just not, there was no activity in my brain. And Rob Shutterly is, was playing, he was the center. And he's like on the behind Detai. So I'm looking through Detai to Robbie and Robbie's like, he's mouthing something. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't get it. And I said, I don't know. And he goes, you go forward. If you turn around, you're going to screw things up. And that's what you did. You turned around and you screwed it up. Go forward. And I use that cheesy little story a lot. Like if you turn around, there's nothing there. You're, you're just going to get in the way and, you know, cause a problem. So, you know, that's not one of his, it's a simple game, but it's not easy. And all of his other hundreds of you know great one-liners but i probably have used that theory just in my life more than more than most so you know those are those are things that i've always kept with me from you know from being a plane has been always been really proud to say that i played for john yeah oh yeah yeah i definitely um preparation um i've learned a lot from planes and football uh i definitely my juniors and senior years i'd go off to oregon get out of shape come back and just suck and uh my senior year was like no and i was fortunate going into my senior year that um i shot a coach i just got out for track because i didn't want to do the detail workouts so i did shot um was a female coach and she had us on a pyramid weight workout scheme which i'd never done before and i came back i was just jacked strong like wow i couldn't believe the gains i had and so i left oregon early from visiting my dad and came back and kept working out so i wasn't gonna suck i gained weight at camp like that is yeah that's weird that you nope. gain, i gained weight my senior <laughs> at camp because i would i i liked going and lifting weights after practice i liked doing like it wasn't kicking my ass as much as it did the prior two years yeah and i knew i was like okay this is the year that you shine. This is what we're built for. This is playing Laramie football. The last, well, for me, it was five years. This is, this is where it all comes to fruition. It's now or never. And it was always prep work. Like I said, we were ready for Cheyenne and I learned a lot. Like if you're prepared for stuff and detail with one of his phrases, do the little things and the big things take care of themselves rings in my head all the time. And I think we at as funeral, we, we, I think we rattled off a lot with the detail brothers with travis and cody too yeah we rattled they've got some other ones too that you know growing up in that house but it's the it was those things that stuck with you for a long time and and he will always be when i saw him coach not again not like like he will always be coach for as long as i I, you know live and 
hopefully it's on his tombstone or wherever he's at, like Coach Detai, because he's is Coach Detai. Yeah, and he, it, and he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and that's fine. Um, but to me, he was a great mentor um, and everything. I didn't take his driver ed class because I was like, that's a bit too much time with that guy. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I stayed away. And I remember my this my senior year, I watched him during a um, during a, we lost to Kelly Walsh when I was a junior, and he literally went around the room and gave everybody like an individual like ass chewing on what you did in the game. Cause we probably shouldn't have lost. And he yelled at this guy for having a girlfriend. And I eventually dated that girl. And I was like, look, I'm not getting that talk ever. I was like, if I get into that situation, we may be done. Yeah. I'm not getting that one. And like halfway through the season, he saw us together and he was like, ah, oh, you two playing grab ass together. And I was like, Oh man. And luckily I didn't put myself in position where I was, you know, screwing around with that all the time or got anything like yeah. that caught up got caught up but like he definitely gave me a hard time once about it and everything and so yeah and it was great running into him on like in away from football later on in life and around town and uh, i went i don't know maybe i was like i left i left laramie i guess the second time i left laramie was like 2008 and i moved to sydney nebraska and started working for Western Nebraska Community College, and that's, I'm, that's where I'm still at. I'm just in, in uh, not in Sydney anymore, but um, so back at Thanksgiving, and went to the sports locker. I was going to get some new, some some new shoes, and <clears throat> all of a sudden, this guy, he didn't even say hi. He didn't do anything. All of a sudden, he just goes, "Are you watching that game?" And it's like which game? And he goes, West Virginia. And I don't remember who West Virginia was playing, but he goes, they ought to find the coach. What, what happened? And he said, basically West Virginia ran the ball kind of like an old school Laramie high deal all the way down the field. And they get inside, I don't know, the five or something to, they're getting ready to score. And just, I mean, chunks of yards, you know, and, and they pass. Oh. And it's intercepted. And man, he was mad. <laughs> he said, they ought to find the coach. Jesus <laughs> Christ. You know, they run the ball and then they pass. And that's it. He didn't say another word to me. He needed to vent. He was so, he was so mad that, you know, that West Virginia had done this. You know, it's, it's like they dishonored the game by, <laughs> by doing that. They ought to find him. They ought to find the coach. He's like, all right. <laughs> he he is almost like how I coach. I coached fifth and sixth graders. I play Madden and stuff. And I have detail in my head. And yeah. I'm like, I want the ball because we're going to take it and we're going to score. That's my mentality always with it. And I remember in a game one time, we ran X43 for 50 yards, but like, five yards at a time. And I, we called a timeout and I think he yelled the play. He's like, just run it again. And <laughs> someone was like, they heard that. And he's like, we're running it right there again. It was between Sam and I and, and Ruggle, it was Ruggles. And he had a yeah. torque shoulder. I mean, literally cannot stop it. And we scored. I mean, we were yeah. like, and Cody Nichols getting the huddle. All right. What are we going to do? Oh yeah. Same play. Let's go. And I was like, <laughs> I go, here we go. And I think I even tipped it off too. I was like, it's coming right at you. And they're like, okay. 
Yeah. And it was literally There's, coming right at him. The uh, you know, Gearing and Scotts Bluff are, are, you know, twin cities. So it's just a river. The Platte River is okay. what separates them. But in Scotts Bluff, at, at Scotts Bluff High School, there's um, three guys there that were Laramie High kids. Oh, and they were all, they're all like class of 80. So uh, <clears throat> they're little, little Joe Benson, okay. you know, big Joe Benson. His, so, so Joe and Joe just stepped down maybe two years ago as the head coach of the high school. And then uh, Derek Deaver, uh, and he's oh, still coaching with them. And then uh, Mark um, Moran, you know, so Pat Moran, the Moran. Oh. And so uh, I don't know Mark real well. But I do like I had meetings today with Derek Deaver for some stuff with Scottsdale High School, and uh, and I see Joe, and man, there you I, you can just see the Detai influence in in the way they coach, in in the way they, <clears throat> you know, the way they work with kids, you know. So it's it's kind of cool because it's you know he's you know John's gone, but he's not gone, yeah. you know, yeah. and. You know, and those guys are, you know, they're probably they're not all that far off from retiring, but it's, <laughs> you get to talk in football with them and man, it's just like, there's a ghost. Yeah. There's a, there's a theme. <laughs> and, and of course they played, I don't know. I think they were all either class of 79, 80, 81, somewhere in there, you know? So they're, they're 14, 15 years older than we are, yeah. <clears throat> but it's the same stories. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a little, there's a little, a little more an e- of an edge because it was, you know, by the time you and I were there, it was starting to be tough to be John Detai and, oh, yeah. and, um, but yeah, I mean, they've got stories that you just, you're just in tears, <laughs> you know, and, and he told Derek says, he goes, yeah, one time he was not given a huge pregame speech and it's probably the same speech that he gave every game, every year, his whole career. But then he tells him, I got three words for you. Play harder than them and you'll win the game. (laughs) (laughs) Word, coach. (laughs) He did. And he said, the seniors, he goes, I think, I think he said he was a sophomore. And he said, the seniors knew they didn't, they just took off running out of of a you know lock group. And he said, but there's the sophomores (laughs) counting, you know, like they got their hand in the air, they're like, play. Which are which are the three words? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that's a detail thing. That's funny. Yeah. So, <clears throat> want to backtrack a little bit here? Um, so wrapping up high school, we talked some good football here. Yeah. Say, you weren't the. I was not the strongest of students, probably till my senior year, which I had easy classes. But I always thought academics. All I had to do was pass and play football, or pass and play sports. I wasn't. Yeah. <clears throat> caught up enough in, in studying considering I had two parents that were teachers and my dad worked I, I had enough educators around me that we should be pushing me a little harder yeah. but um so did you want to go to college right after high school uh, yeah. and it was was you dub the only choice or did you like shop yourself around no I um <clears throat> I got uh I got lucky with um you know the the draw that you get with parents you know, like you have, you have no say in it. You just get lucky. And, and so I've always had, um, you know, mom, Mark Mater and Joanne Mater, my folks, you know, they're, they're fantastic people. And um, dad kind of made rules for us. We 
growing up in Crawford, it's a little town, maybe a thousand people. And, and so we'd go back there for family reunions or stuff. And, and I always knew his stories because his friends, you know, and they weren't like stories you can't tell, but it was a, it was a different time. And, um, you know, the stuff they got away with where you're like, Ooh, man, yeah, you wouldn't have been able to continue, <laughs> you know, and, um, and whatnot. So when I got to be a ninth grader and by that time, you know, I was bigger than him and it, but he, he just was like, listen, and it wasn't ever a bad kid. But he's just like, I want to make some plan with you. And, you know, he says, he gave us four rules and he bet for me and my two sisters. And he said, you know, if you, if you do these things, um, you know, stay out of trouble with the law, um, you know, stay on the honor roll <clears throat> and, you know, you know, don't disrespect your mother or me. And I can't remember what the fourth one is not probably that important, but he said, you know, I'll, I'll help you with college. So um, that's great. Well then, you know, I, I did have good enough grades and didn't well enough on the ACT that all of a sudden you start getting flooded, you know, with, with mail. And like also Notre Dame is sending me stuff and you know, just being a fan of football and, you know, I mean, that was, that was back in the Jerome Bettis and all those things like, Oh man, that would be, that'd be fantastic. And then being, you know, a native Nebraskan, um, and, and not that I was going to go play football in Notre Dame, don't get me wrong. I wasn't, but just to be go there and being a native Nebraskan, you kind of look at Lincoln and, <clears throat> and whatnot. And, and, um, but anyway, about, about time since summer before my senior year, dad's like, listen, you go to UW, I'll get you a new pickup. And sold, done. <laughs> you know, and it wasn't a fancy pickup, but it was from a 78 Dodge that had a an AM only radio and the passenger door, if you took it too sharp, would come open. If you took it too sharp, the door would come open to a new, you know, a, a new two new pickup, which then was that red pickup that I got. Um and then I did get some scholarship and some aid stuff. And, but so it was always really, honestly, it was always Wyoming and, you know, no regrets. I'm a proud, proud cowboy. I think that's, you know, pretty. <laughs> yes. Yes. He has yeah, a Wyoming shirt on people. I don't hide it. Yeah. I don't hide it. Um, so yeah. So I was always going to school. I, I'm, you know, I work in education at, at a community college and I never understood the, what the big deal was with like, first generation students and working in a community college. Um, and I don't really work with high school kids a lot, but, and I get it. And then I look back and I was like, I, you get it subconsciously, you know, dad would talk about what it was like to be in a math class or, or just, just dinner table stories. It's not like he sat me down and said, this is what you have to do. It's just, you pick up on it about what college is and, you know, taking notes and, different stories that you know like it wasn't like he it wasn't like you had a class from your dad on how to go to college it just was part of the culture in the house and so it just was it just was an easy transition for me and and that's why I've, I've really come to figure out like man it's if you don't have any of that college is a spooky scary thing if mom and dad didn't go yeah, it's new. It's new and it's giant and it's expensive. And so for me, it was pretty easy to get to UW and you know, 
lived in the lived in the dorms and then a fraternity house and which dorm I was in Downey. Downey, cool. Yep. I was second, McIntyre. Second floor. <laughs> McIntyre was the. Seems like McIntyre was always the kind of the cool one. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's completely accurate, but it was like, oh man, you were McIntyre. I was like, I was in Downey, second floor, two twenty. I did two years because I was a glutton. Well, um, my second year kind of stuff fell apart on like a, a off-campus uh, apartment. So we, I was like, oh, I'll just do the dorms again. I was by myself, second floor, McIntyre, corner room right by the exit. So I just pop open the exit. Like we'd leave it open amongst ourselves. So I barely went past the desk half the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one story I always remember is one guy across the hall, had huge speakers and it now and Wednesday nights would just crank 90210 and I'd watch it. So I just opened my door and listened to just him blasting the hall <laughs> down the hallways. It was, it was funny. I mean, that just rings out in my head. Uh, yep. My first year I had a German uh, roommate, but then eventually had a, a Laramie roommate, Travis uh, Daniels. Um, but we didn't know each other that well in high school because yeah. 300 graduating class. I didn't know everyone. Yeah. Um, there's people I see at my the 10 year and 20 and 30 year, 20 year unions. I'm like, Oh yeah, we went to school together. I believe I saw you in the yearbook, but otherwise yeah. I never had one class for five years. And that's crazy to think about. I didn't cross paths that way yeah. and everything. I didn't, I didn't like the university of Wyoming because it took me away from Oregon. My stepdad got a job at the university. So I tried to go get recruited by football and every coach that recruited me went, I thought you were taller. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'll just go to UW because you had the end with the, if you had a Wyoming uh, diploma, so I was in that yeah. way, my mom and stepdad didn't work there. So they, they grew me in. I, it was like you said, you, I was already built for to go to college at UW because I knew the experience, but without being there quite yet. Um, it was kind of, it was definitely new and fresh and actually going into classrooms and, and yeah. I, I, I pushed myself so far away from UW that it was a new situation for me. Um, it probably took me year two to be like, yeah, go pokes. I'm a true, like, I'm going to wear the gear. And I was on the sidelines all the time shooting video. And so like eventually became like a true Homer and it actually solidified after moving away and coming back. And was like, because yeah. people noticed my Wyoming gear when I lived in New York. It was crazy. They'd be like, Wyoming? What? It's like a foreign country. And most interesting thing that happened to me in a Wyoming gear, in Times Square, this homeless dude comes up and it was like, University of Wyoming, Flynn Robertson. And I was like, what? Yeah. You know, and I was like, that's a bit before my time. I'm like, I tell him, he's, I'm like, Finnis. And so he's like, oh, okay, yeah. And he goes on and on about Wyoming basketball. And he's like, well, what are you guys up to today? And we're like, oh, we're going to probably go to a show. And he's like, oh, you want to go here and check out this place? And you get cheap tickets. And so I was like, here, I gave him some money. He's like, I didn't ask for money. And I was like, well, you just gave me directions to saving some money. So here you go. And he's like, oh, I appreciate it, brother. And I was like, thanks, man. Go Pokes. And he's like, yeah. yeah. So that was like pretty cool for that to happen. Uh, the second time that like people noticed me more fine mean stuff, I was on the beach in Oregon a few years back. And President Tom Buchanan at the time, was walking down the beach <laughs> and, he, and his wife sees my UW stuff. My mom is good friends with him, like worked for him, like everything. I took a house sat for him. And next second I hear this university of Wyoming, are you a student? And I'm like, what? No, I'm not a student. I work there now. You know, it's like, and then it's Tom walking up and I was like, Oh, Hey. And 
small world. I'm with my dad and stepmom and girlfriend. And it was like, wow, everybody knows Wyoming folk when, when we're out there in the world when we run. It's a small oh, yeah. neighborhood. I always say, like, tell people our area code's 307 for the whole state. Yeah. I just get on the phone. I'm like, connect me to Doug. Yeah. And they know who exactly I want to talk to. <laughs> and so, um, uh, so what'd you, uh, what'd you uh, get your degree in? So I, I just got a business degree, which is business yeah. administration and, um, probably was always destined to be in, a in business. Although I, <clears throat> I, I, I struggled, you know, I got to coach in little league, you know, all of a sudden I'm out there with the fifth and sixth graders and, and, uh, in coaching. And, and, and it was funny that first year, the fall of 94, after I graduated, uh, the, I can't remember what happened. It's like the sprinklers or something came on on the practice field for the high school team. And so they, they came over to that where the band would practice, you know, and we're yeah. little kids and in detail walks by me and he's like, it ain't that easy, is it? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it ain't that easy, is it? But I, I really enjoyed that. And, and there was this piece of me that was kind of like, man, maybe I want to do education, maybe teach and coach. And I talked myself out of it. <clears throat> And, uh, and actually still remember right where I was, was between the library and the union, that walkway Oh yeah, was right in there is where I was like, okay, I'm just going to go do business. And so I still, still, some of those things, I don't know why that's, I just remember that whole situation, but yeah, so I got done with that. And then I went to Lincoln, um, to U- University of Nebraska and got, uh, an MBA wow. <clears throat> there and, uh, was roommates with with Brett Williams with Bills. You know, he went to he went to Hastings and then he got a job in Lincoln. So we lived together there for for two years and um so got it got the MBA quick and fast and um wouldn't recommend that if I could do that again I'd have waited. Got to go get some real life experience and then come back to it. Um but yeah so so spent spent two years in Lincoln and missed all of the great football that they had there. <laughs> Brett and I were, were were going to games and and uh, watching, you know, the start of the slide that's still going on for for Big Red. But um, but yeah, then I got into financial planning and moved to Atlanta. Um, wow, yeah, which was spur not not quite spur of the moment, but. Um, interviewed with a financial planner that we knew in Denver. And he's like, you're young, you know, he's like 23, 24. You're going to have a battle just because people that are going to be good clients that have money, they don't want to get advice from somebody that's their kid, you know? (laughs) And so the the 65 year old that's retiring from, um, you know, the school district and needs, help they they're not going to talk to you um so but he he uh hooked me up with an opportunity with this company called axe advisors and flew to denver or flew to atlanta like in about this time of year in 2000 did an interview week later got a call when can you be here and so packed up that june and Moved to <clears throat> moved to Atlanta and lived there for two years and and ama- it was amazing the number of the Wyoming connections, 
you know, there, there's people that would see your the the, the bucking horse and the rider, and yeah. would know, and they'd be like, oh man, I love Wyoming, or you know, and then of course the only place I'd ever been was Jackson or Yellowstone. Oh. Still, um, still, so yeah, did that and um, great experience. Um, did everything that I could do. All the I'm a history buffs. All the Civil War battlefield, World of Coke, um, all the MLK, you know Martin Luther King Jr. stuff. Um, the first year was kind of awesome because it was just like new, but and it, the the second year I was like I got to get out of here because <laughs> four and a half million people and I was just lonely, you know couldn't couldn't build friends and at work, <clears throat> you know I lived tried to live close to my the office, but I still was probably five miles away. Um, but there was people that lived uh, like in Smyrna and we were like far North and you know, you're not going to go have a beer with that guy. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's a two hour drive to where he, to where he lives on Friday night with bad traffic. And so then I moved, moved back to Denver and um, the same company, the guy that, you know, pointed me for that job, he, he opened up a bigger office in Denver and paid for me to move, which God, that's the only way to do it. If somebody will pay to pay for you to, to move you. Oh my Lord. That was awesome. Cause you just watch and <laughs> <laughs> they pack, they ship and, you know, so, so then Denver for a year and then back to Laramie and started my own financial planning practice in in Laramie and hated almost every minute of that. Um, just wasn't my thing. And the being in education was still kind of calling at me. So about 2007, I started talking to, you know, to my dad and we'd, he and I had partnered with his, I partnered with his accounting firm. And so they'd, um, you know, they'd get a part of my commissions and, but they'd refer and, and, um, and whatnot. I was like, I got to get out of this. You know, I just, I can't see myself doing this five years, 10 years. I can't do it. And so kind of took a year to slowly wind things down and 2008 closed up the practice and got into the community college world. So long, a long trip from that spot between the library and the union where I talked myself out of, you know, going into education to, and that would have been, I don't know, spring of 95 to 2008 and being <clears throat> completely miserable with what I was doing to, to get into the community college world. And now I do, I do vocational training programs um, throughout the panhandle of, panhandle of Nebraska, which is non-credit um, everything from like an OSHA class to Gallup strength finders. And I don't do the teaching. I just help coordinate and, and connect dots and, and do all that stuff. But, um, so it's, it's, uh, it's good. I can, I can see myself in this realm, you know, for the next 22 years until age 67 and I'm full retirement and, and all of that stuff. So, yeah, but. I understand. I almost went into education. 
But my dad, who's a teacher, talked me out of it. Yeah. I was like, and because I did the coaching, I did exactly what you did. I was coaching and I was like, this is great. I should do this. And I was like, I should go into education. And my dad's like, oh, you want to do that? There's no money. And I, at the time he was a teacher, but selling real estate. So like real estate was booming in Oregon. And he wasn't trying to get me to do that. He was just like, don't be a teacher. And I was like, yeah, okay. And my stepdad was like, you should get into broadcasting, but he never said those words to me. He had me working for him when I was a senior doing, pulling, uh, carrying equipment for K2. So like after like I leave, you know, Friday nights, Lyman get no press, but I go to football games on Saturday in the press box and I'd have the, I get all the press. Like everybody want to talk to me about the game and stuff Yeah, off the record, some stuff he'd use and everything, but I never got, I was awesome. I had my own little press conferences half the time because we were good. <laughs> so I was going to yeah. talk about Laramie. Yeah. And, uh, so that I got my foot in the door there and I was doing coaches shows. Um, so I was rolling tape and still did not think that was going to be my world and uh, got into college. And he was like, well, you intern for me. And he's like, you'll just carry equipment. You'll learn halfway through that. I was like, ah, man, broadcasting yeah. is the way to be. And I took that journey after college, went to New York, um, you know, make it there, make it anywhere kind of thing. Yeah. Worked in TV news and I had connections out there. So I, it wasn't like I was just jumping into a place I didn't know. Um, I was familiar, but then it, year three, I was like, I'm burnt out. I covered way too many crazy things, including 9-11 and yeah. and there was i mean there was a lot of fun stories and everything and sports was my area but i was doing news and it was just like i i'm a, I'm a happy guy and new york was just tearing me down and i was going through kind of a divorce too at the time and that kind of it was going through divorce yeah. um and education opened up here at the university of Wyoming, a job opened up i was pretty assistant produce director so i came back and you're like thinking five years i'm out I'm going to the west coast where i grew up and it's uh, 18 years later and I couldn't imagine not working in education. I, it's yeah. rewarding. And even though I'm just support, I mean, I'm not a teacher or anything like that. Um, I make sure right now I work in IT. So I make sure rooms work. So I'm support system that way. Yeah. It's a, I, at the end of the day, I feel good about my job. Yep. And, yeah. yeah, it's good. And, but yet I don't necessarily love it because I got into IT a weird way. I have a job I never applied for. They shut down my, the outreach school. And we're like, you're IT guy here. And next thing I know, I'm doing my job a year later. And I was like, uh. <laughs> and I had a new boss that was in a new spot. And so there'd be lots of days where I was like, oh, I'm responsible for that. All right. Yeah. And now I'm getting in the groove. And truthfully, with COVID, I'm, I'm a distance ed guy. I use Zoom like we are now. But I was working with it for a long time. A lot of video conferencing stuff. So like it worked right into my wheelhouse and I had to train people and um I understood the technology really really well and still do and so I kind of excelled which was interesting enough I became essential and uh, that's weird <laughs> to me yeah. and uh and so it, it the last year has been different I can't wait to open my office door and uh, we're going mask free May 8th I think on campus yeah. But in, inside, you got to wear them. But outside on campus, it sucks. Like there's no one on campus. I can walk across to a classroom and not see one person, but I got to wear my mask. I'm like, yeah. Oh, it sucks. But I know it's just a condition to you. So you wear it when you're going to a building. And But when I get into classrooms now, I take it off and I'm by myself. 
I'm fully vaccinated. So, yep. um, yeah, feel, you know, that was, that was good being a diabetic. I kind of was up the chain of, of, uh, getting my vaccine. So, yeah, um, yeah. It's peace of mind now feels, feels good and everything, yeah. but it's weird how you, you have to get out there in the world. And I always be like, you went from Laramie to Lincoln, which is a bigger city to Atlanta, then to Denver. I yeah. Mean, that's, that's some culture that you yeah, got to explore right. <laughs> at, at a young age. And we don't realize like, like living in New York, I, I had access to everything and I, I did everything, yeah. concerts, all that stuff. Um, but yet I wasn't making much money. So, you know, had to pick and choose what, what you were willing to go and see and, and everything. And, and New York is, is just full of attitude and, yeah. Yeah. and it's being a Wyoming kid, you know, I, Oregon kid, you, you walking down the street, kind of give that nod, hey, to somebody in New York, like, what, what? And I'm like, hey, easy there. No, not, yeah. not causing issues. You're just saying hi. Yep. And it was hard to get that back once I moved back to to being that guy again, to saying hi and being friendly. I was, yeah. you know, I still like, locked my build, doors and everything. Like build that edge. Yeah. Yeah. The edge was tough. And, and the only thing I brought back from New York is I say, Long Island. See, I just practiced right there, but in my head, if I don't think about it, it comes out like Long Island. Like that's <laughs> it's the only accent I picked up there. Um, I used to make fun of people in New York, how they talked. <clears throat> and they were like, You sound funny. And I go, Look, all the nightly news guys, they're from where I live. It was Dan Rather, Brokaw, Kansas, Nebraska. Like they sound like me. Go watch nightly news. Yeah, come back and talk to me, and they'll say they sound like me, and they're like, "You're right." Yeah, go, yeah you sound <laughs> funny. <laughs> you guys roll. You put <laughs> R's on things that aren't necessary, like California. Like that's silly. And so yeah. <clears throat> it was interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I'm getting that experience and everything, and and at least you can say you did it. You didn't just like go. You know, yeah. Laramie back to small town, Nebraska, or, you know, you went out and explored the world to probably help you with your current job. And like, hey, in the real world, you could say that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. We talk a lot about that here just with, you know, the, this part of the state of Nebraska is, is not growing, um, you know, a fair amount really in common with, with Wyoming. Um, and so we, we sometimes talk about, you know, the, the idea that, um, you know, growing our own people to, to fill in jobs. And, and that's, that's one of the things that I try to do is, is put together programs. So the, you know, the, the community college world isn't, we don't have your 4.0 valedictorian that has a resume that's, you know, spectacular that everybody goes, wow, that this person's going to do something. And, and that's okay. And that's not to badmouth those, those, those students, because we need them. But you know, we're there for like the person coming out of, out of, out of, you know, small town, um, you know, coming out of a small town in, in Wyoming, you know, where their, their class was, uh, we have class, we have schools in, in the Western Nebraska that like everybody plays sports or nobody plays sports because they have to have like, yeah. there's, there's seven males in the high school and they all have to play football so that they can have a six man team and have a, and have a spare, you know? And, uh, and so for them, for someone to come out of that, that kind of a school and be in Lincoln, 
man, that's, that's a whole different world. And, <clears throat> and some of them are fine, but we, we, we work with the students that didn't have the, the people that just didn't have all of the stuff, all of the accolades. And, and so we talk about that, you know, the, you know, grow our own. So we do, we got a CDL program that, uh, that for some reason they let me run <laughs> and, uh, heavy equipment operator, but we talk about the value of, of that, that we wish part of them, we don't want to lose them, you know, but there's that value of get out for a little while and come back, you know, and, and we don't know how to, I don't know how to do that with the, you know, the, the kid like me who, <clears throat> you know, went left Laramie actually came back to Laramie. Um, and, but I'm, I'm back in my original hometown. I mean, you know, and it's a small, small town and, I don't think I could go live in a big city anymore. I could live in Laramie again in a heartbeat, but I don't think I could live in Denver and I just, or anywhere in the front range. I just can't, for me, I could catch two trains from my, from where I am to the school. There's the Union Pacific and the Burlington Northern tracks. And then like right now there's starting to be a lot of ag stuff going on. So there's planting and getting fields ready. And so, man, I might catch a tractor, um, that I have to pass. That's it. That is my traffic. That's my traffic world is waiting on trains and maybe a combine, you know, yeah. that, that, I, that he's trying to get over and I'm looking around to make sure I can pass him. And that's it. I can come home for lunch. Um, you know, all those different things, but there's, there's definitely a ton of value to that value just of getting out figuring out what you want to do, get some of those things out of your, um, you know, that stuff out of your system of being in a Denver or a, or a New York and, you know, getting to do the, the concert, the concerts, you know, catch a, a, a Broncos game and not have to have it be a trip, you know, yeah. like a planned out thing. It's someone called and say, Hey, I got tickets to this Sunday's game. You want to go? Yeah. yeah. You know, piece of cake or, you know, the Rockies, all those different things. And then starting to figure out, okay, those things are nice. They are, they're really great. But man, Monday through Friday is a pain and, (laughs) you know, um, traffic. And I don't know, I've become a small town kid again, where I like to be able to walk into, you know, and then here we're, we're back to that point where you, you can walk into like, my favorite rec- Mexican restaurant, El Torito. And I'm going to know three people and, you know, and I might know 10 by the, that have come in and gotten to go orders or come and gone. And I don't want to go to a bar in Denver and not know anybody, you know, or end up by a bar. It's, it's not like I'm bar hopping, but go to like a restaurant like that and sit at the bar and have a few beers and whatnot. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's just a, just the way of life that fits me anymore so i think a big part of me leaving is i felt laramie knew my business before i knew my business half the time and uh, i wanted to get lost in the shuffle and oh i did you know, yeah another face in the crowd in in new york and and so once i got back to that i was like oh no 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 small yeah. town like i couldn't live anywhere smaller than laramie that's about it um yeah. but i'm not i have no desire to like live in this portland or, or anywhere like or back in a big city by any means or yeah, get smaller. Um, 
I, yeah, I remember the first time, like I drove to work here in Laramie after living in New York, I left a half hour early and I was there 25 <laughs> minutes early. <laughs> it, it was that mindset. And cause my commute in New York was probably a half hour, but then I get in, I get in a car and drive around all of long Island. Cause that was part of my job with video camera. And so, I mean, yeah, I experienced just traffic galore, the yeah. traffic as I called it, it's the number one city of the biggest city in the world in the United States. And I've driven into New York city plenty of times for work. I drove uh-huh. in one time for during nine 11 and we were coming back and forth between the mayor's office and our editing uh, sucked. I don't know how I did it. I have no idea how I got it done with my limited city driving skills that I learned from driving from Laramie to Denver, maybe at yeah. the most, but I, yeah figured it out and never want to do that again. Never really desire. No, no when I lived in, uh, I lived in Alpharetta, Georgia, which was far North Atlanta and probably before the Olympics, it really, I don't think it would have been considered Atlanta. And then after the Olympics and everything blew up and it just, I mean, while I was there, it, the two years I was there, it just changed right in front of your eyes. Yeah. But it was, um, there's a highway that, it's called the Georgia 400, um, basically Highway 400, but we call it, they call it Georgia 400 because it was like a NASCAR race, you know, so it'd be like the, the Brickyard 400, but this was the Georgia 400. And man, if you weren't, you know, it, it eventually turned down, slimmed down into just two lanes, probably another 10 miles past where I lived further north, but it was basically an interstate down into from the north part of Atlanta down into the, into the heart and places it'd be three lanes and four lanes. And man, it was, it was, if you weren't doing 80, you were in a little bit of trouble (laughs) because it just was, just was just, just nuts, you know? And, um, and I had a little Pontiac and I was so grateful that I had this little Pontiac because it handled that so much better than a, a truck and, um, but yeah, just like, holy cow. And it didn't really bother me. I got used to it, but now I'm at that stage where it's like my dad, my dad's voice comes out of me, you know, <laughs> and yeah. like, I, he came and visited me. I, when I lived in Denver, I lived kind of in the Glenwood area and, <clears throat> um, off of Colorado Boulevard. And I can remember what he, he had to come down either for a class or something, but it was like a Wednesday and he gets, he gets my place about eight o'clock, eight 30, my little apartment. And he just goes, God, how do you do this? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, it took me as long to get from the outskirts of Denver. And this was 2003, maybe. So the outskirts was like totally different than it is now, but it probably was on I 25 where there was that Ramada castle hotel, you know, always considered that like that Northern part of Denver back then. But he goes, it took me longer to get from there to your apartment than it took me to get from Laramie to the outskirts of Denver. And it was just like, Jesus, I don't know how you do this. And God, this is awful. And it's like, ah, didn't bother me. And then I go down to see a buddy, um, college buddy that lives in the old Stapleton area. Okay. In Denver. And, <laughs> and from here, from gearing to there, you know, I, I go all these back roads instead of the interstate and they're not really back roads, but, um, get down to Fort, Fort Morgan and take I-76 in and geez, traffic was awful. It was like a Friday night. Oh. 
And it did. It took me forever to get from Brighton down to his house in in the old Stapleton Airport area. I knock on the door, ring the doorbell, and he, you know, go through the hives like Jesus. I don't know, how do you do this? <laughs> so I was like, God, it drove me nuts. And I had to stop. I was like, Oh man, Mark Mader's coming out right now. That it's 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 my voice, but it's his words. That ah man, I'm sure my blood pressure was through the roof, and you know, I was like, oh, my dad that? would say as cars would fly by us, he's like, Oh, hope you get there. They're driving like a bat out of hell. <laughs> I've said those words in outskirts of Denver, or <laughs> and like. I'm like, I get to the outskirts of Denver or you're ha- you're sitting in traffic and, you know, three, four lanes. And I'm like, there's yeah. gotta be a better way. That's all I'm like. There's just has to be an easier way to do this. And then I'm like, why does everyone want to live here? This is weird to me. I was like, I get the front range. Like the, the mountains are beautiful. I get yeah. that landscape, but there's a lot of mountains in the world. Yeah. Right in the United States. We all don't have to go, okay, right here is where we're going to put everybody. Yeah. You know, let's just all live here. And I'm like, come on. Because yeah. I remember when he used to take I-25 to Denver and it was like going 80, choose your speed from at least the Wyoming border to the castle right outside yeah. there. And, uh, and then, you know, oh, I got to slow down. Um, but now, yeah, if you're lucky, you can do 55 around there. Like yeah, and, and it, you can choose a time four in the morning. You got traffic. Like I've driven back from Austin, Texas, and I swear I hit traffic at three in the morning. I was like, yeah. come on, people. Yeah. Go home. Like yeah, this it's, isn't necessary. It's too, so, it's too much. Yeah. And I know that makes me, and I, I know that makes me sound like a cranky old man, but <laughs> you're not. Alone. You're not alone. I don't, I'm glad a bulk of my friends have moved out of Denver that I knew. So I don't have to go through that. I barely have a hard time going to like Fort Collins. I'm like, yeah. Thankfully, you guys moved more north. So I don't have to do the gauntlet as I call it or like we have friends that live in Colorado Springs and I'm like you're gonna make me go through there what are we doing like what is worth it in Colorado Springs if you're gonna make me do that Denver nonsense like I was like this is like can I stay for a couple days I'm gonna need a couple days to recoup from driving through that mess (laughs) to recover yeah to recover and they're like come on you drove in New York and I was like not for like 17 years I'm good and I've driven in LA too. And I was like, I don't want to do that again. I'm good. Nope. Like, I, I go eventually. I'd love to have a lifestyle where someone could drive me around, like to have a driver to do all that stuff for me. Yeah. But I yeah, I don't know. It'd be one of those deals. It'd be tough. I, I know like when we go see my, my sister and brother-in-law in, in Boston um, and I like Boston. It's a cool town. If I, if I got wild hair, I could see myself maybe living there for a couple of years just to say I could do it. Yeah. But I wouldn't have a car. There's oh, just, yeah, yeah. there's, there's just between buses, trains, and then like, you know, with Uber and Lyft. Um, Cause man, the traffic there and the, it's just not built for that much people. I mean, it's, it's streets built in, you know, 1695 or, you know, 1730. And, you know, just like, Oh, no, no way. But that's, that would be, that'd be the only way is, is no car, Uber, Lyft, the train, you know, catching a bus, those kinds of things. And unfortunately it's kind of a compact down, but man, I, my, 
my sister's got, well, they have one car <clears throat> and um, they're pretty good. They're been there for quite a while now. They're pretty good at driving, but I was like, man, I don't have any desire <laughs> to be, you know, it's not on a grid. It's, you know, if you go around the block, you didn't actually get back to where you started, <laughs> you know, and everybody's mad behind you. Cause they're like, this idiot doesn't know where he's going. Like, no, I'll, I'll, I'd sell a car, pay for Uber, do all those things and probably, probably be able to survive, but they, they make it. And after I live in Brooklyn and it was, it was just like a, they had a car and it was just like all, they would just rotate sides of the street and they're like, Oh, we only really use the car to drive to like Long Island. And I was like, why? Like, Go park it in Long Island and go get it when you really need it, like yeah. with your parents' house and stuff. But I was like, that would suck every night. Oh, gotta flip it to the other side of the street. Uh, that's I was like, that's no way to live. Nope. No. All right, I got one more question for you before they wrap <laughs> this thing up. Since show's called All My Friends with Justin Flaskrude, how'd we meet? Oh man. Um probably got uh, roughly introduced um, on the practice field at Laramie High, and that would probably—I think that would probably be it. I don't know if I—I I don't know where you, because you're 92 and I'm 94, so yeah. when you were a senior. I was a sophomore. Like in seventh grade, you'd have been in ninth grade, and I don't think you were here at that time, were you? Yeah, I was. Were you? Yeah, I moved here in eighth grade. Gotcha. Okay. Cause I don't, you know, I don't, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure we probably didn't meet, you know, then. And then of course you guys, you moved up to the high school and, and um, so the next time would have been probably there at, uh, at, at practice on some level when you were a senior and, and uh, you were probably given sage advice and, and, and other 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 guys on the uh, offensive line with you were probably uh, less less genuine about their advice, and I can say that positively because that, that includes Jay Johnson just being a smart aleck. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, just trying to put fear in you about oh yeah, what do you see Kilimanjaro? You know, not Kilimanjaro. <laughs> you got to run that like, oh man, <laughs> you know. So somewhere along there, I think that would probably be where we met. Rude was would have had to have been Laramie High football when you were a, when you were a senior and I was a sophomore. That sounds about right. I don't remember giving much sage advice uh, out there on the field or saying anything. Um, I will. I mean, I was definitely glad um, to. I mean, I wasn't going to be a, a, a dick about things. Yeah, you guys. Um, but I'd be like, here, carry my shoulder pads. Like <laughs> every once in a while, like that kind of stuff did happen. Yeah. Um, get the, no, I don't, I don't have any bad, me- I don't have any of those yeah. memories where like, man, that guy was a piece of work yeah. and really nobody in your class, you know, do I have any, any of those issues with, um, you know, still pretty good friends with a handful of those guys when I see them. And, but, uh, but no, that, that probably would have been it. And I think I probably was like 190 pounds and, and hadn't we hadn't weightlifting wasn't as big a deal as it seems to be now, you know, which which I think is a good thing for kids nowadays. But um, you know, just all of a sudden, 190 pound sophomore going up against a 240 pound guy that was 
benching 300 pounds and and uh, I was like I was like yeah, rude was never like you know mouthy about the fact that you just couldn't move him yeah. <laughs> you know if, if you had to block him it was just kind of like just try to get in his way just <laughs> just just don't let him run free you know <laughs> and then and then just try not to get pushed too far back so if we do those drills like crap you know why couldn't I get Shumway no offense to Sammy. No offense yeah. to Sammy. He just yeah. wasn't as big as he wasn't as big and as strong as you were yet. So like, oh man, I got paired up against Root again. Damn it. <laughs> but one thing I did learn from <clears throat> my seniors was not I, we kicking the crap out of the sophomores. You could do it all the time, sure, yeah. but they weren't learning anything, and neither were you. Yeah, if you were going to make it that way, and so. It wasn't, you know, there were times where I remember seniors, my seniors would like hit us and take a knee because they were just jacking us up so much that we couldn't hang. And so I mean, there's that kind of stuff. So I was like, I do remember those times where I'd be like, oh, okay, it's, it's a younger guy. All right. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to let him show me up, yeah, but, aside, make a tackle, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to drill him into the ground. You know, that's no fun. I want him to play football. Like, they're, yeah. they're coming up like, and who knows, they may get good enough to play alongside me. And, and that that's what we need. We're a team here. And so I remember you guys came to me like at camp and you're like, we would have, we wanted you as a captain. And I went easy there. I don't want to lead calisthenics by <laughs> exactly. any means. Exactly. I said, thank you very much <laughs> from the bottom of my heart, but no, I don't want to do that. That's awesome that you thought of me, but I was like, I get it. Lineman for lineman and everything. We got Jay up there. That was good enough yeah. Yeah. to get him on the, our captain. And so, but I, yeah, I do remember that. And, uh, and then there was, I talked to this about to Donham about this one. Um, we came back my senior from camp and it was Wednesday practice, offensive practice and scout team had their way with us. And truth be told, I did not like each one of my teammates. I'd spent the last 10 days with them, all the seniors, and I was ready to be home, ready to be with my girlfriend. I was like, this is dumb. I don't know why we're practicing right now. Yeah. And we're yelling at people in the huddle. I believe a running back probably said block line. And I was like, I'll show you how to block. And yeah, <laughs> that was about the end of practice detail. I was like, we had enough. And it was done. Every time I look up, he'd lit up some play in our backfield somehow. I was like, what the hell you know and and the, he would fire you guys up because he was doing that and i was just like this was over before it began and detai realized we weren't gelling and he just sent us all home yeah i like, come back tomorrow with your heads on and we're like good yeah, and so, I, I think when we were seniors we got back on like a friday it seems like I, it <clears throat> it changed a little bit the the days you went up and day you yeah. came back from when you were a senior to when I was a senior. And, and um, so I think we like ran, you know, Kilimanjaro that morning, you know, which always was like a really special send off, you know, and, and uh, I didn't run enough that summer. I goofed. So I had shin splints and, and it was brutal. And, and then we get, we run Kilimanjaro, we get back to Laramie and then we had a scrimmage that night on, you know, under the lights and, I'm sure if that video exists out there, I'm I'm sure we looked like an incompetent. And we did the we did the offense thing. It was just like you said, just up and down the field, the varsity offense, and the 
but they never let us out. You know, I mean, you were, there was no sophomore or junior coming in to give you a breather. It was like, we're going to polish off the torture that was going to Guernsey with this scrimmage and just marching down the field. And you've got the juniors and the sophomores and they're still, they're still kind of fresh and they get to swap out. And we just looked the same thing. We looked awful. Yeah. And I know, you know, we were just, you're, you're beat. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess if there's a video of that, I will burn it. If I, <laughs> I feel the same Cause, hours. Yeah. Cause I know there was times where it was like, I can't, I don't, I wasn't going to come out. I wasn't going to ask it to be taken out, but I piece of my mind was like, someone's got to see how pathetic some of us look out here and got to just tiller, get in there for Mater, you know, <laughs> somebody get in there, it, but it was all down the line. We were just shot and yeah. getting, getting blown up. And it was like, Oh my gosh, disaster. I, this last summer drove through no, yeah, through Guernsey for the first time, I think, since I've been to camp and yeah. I got cold shivers. I'm like, there it is. Like yeah. the, the army bay. I was like, there it is. Oh my god. Like and I on drove, the edge through on a roughly in those mountains. We yeah. ran Kilimanjaro. I drove through on a Sunday morning in August, about four years ago. And was till it just was I I, I know I probably didn't breathe for a little while there and they don't have those old huts it's you know it's 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 different but it's still it's still the same thing and it was was like a sunday morning you know 85 degrees um (laughs) i can't remember where i was going but and i was heading the other way i was heading west but drove through and it was was like already 85 degrees hot crickets you know i rolled down my window you could hear the dang cricket it's like oh lord all of that sensory stuff came back i was like man (laughs) yeah like i was like we were driving through and i was like what's the temperature here like 105 like it's got to be the hottest place in wyoming always always oh yeah yeah yep Yep. special yeah and special special place people that know the football players that played and went to guernsey they even bring up that word that we all are like whoa Yeah. yeah you don't even know and like all the ones that like, I didn't want to go to football camp. So I quit playing football. And I know plenty of friends that say that all the time. And I'm like, it just wasn't your sport. I was like, we were all scared to go to camp. Cause we heard all the rumor, all the, all the stuff. Yeah. Physically sucked. And some of the hazing sucked, but not as near as those eighties hazing. I'll say that. No, there was, there was always those, there was always those rumors. You're like, Ooh. And I think some of them have were more than rumors of, of yeah. some things are like, Oh man done by i just want to survive this yeah that's kind of like, this. This. and then yeah. and then you had the guys that would get through camp and quit and you'd be like oh. what are you doing <laughs> what are you what are you what are you doing you survived guernsey and from here on out it's fun like yeah. this has been this is what you fought for and now you get you know monday night not a hard practice tuesday night a little bit harder Wednesday night would be the hardest practice I always thought because you just once you were on varsity because you're just marching up and down the field. Yeah. At night. And then Thursday, you basically put your game uniform on and eat. Yeah. And then Friday night, and then Friday night you play. Yeah. You know, or Friday or Saturday night. I was like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> You'd get back and someone would quit. And you're like, oh. although I before Days and Confuse ever came out, I had a few guys that quit their senior year. And I was like, dude, we've been playing since 
eighth grade with me. I was like, I've been playing with guys since eighth grade. And now you're quitting. I was like, yeah. top of the food chain right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, this I don't is know the, this why. Is, this is the point. This is yeah. the whole, this is the whole reason you've been doing this was to have that senior year chance, yeah. especially your class. I mean, what do you guys do? Seven and two. Yeah. 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 And that's what we did was, you know, was seven and two and, you know, so yeah, I mean, you, you, you go through all those, we were not good in seventh grade. We just did not have our act together, but then eighth grade, it, it clicked in ninth grade. I think we lost to like Wheatland, you know, they had us go play Wheatland varsity and <clears throat> they had a couple pretty big, pretty big boys that were seniors. And there was enough of a difference between, between freshmen and and seniors, but that was kind of it. So we, you could kind of see the train coming with us. We were good. I think we lost one game in eighth grade. We might have ran the table in ninth. Maybe as a team, 10th graders lost one. I mean, as my seniors, we didn't. When we broke up as juniors, I caught because we were all playing all over the place. I don't count those years. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a tough. I have no idea where I was at. I was varsity player, but special teams. Um, first got the bench defense, but nowhere near where I was playing my senior. Yeah. And, but yeah, it was. It was a good, talented team, and 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 with Laramie, where we're lucky. Well, everybody, I don't know, can play because their offense was simple enough that, like, I was the biggest guy on my line at two thirty six, and and then it just steeply went. And it was Bubba, then Jay, and uh sam and jt nicholson Nicholson on the defensive line wow that was just pure speed move yeah and and so like he had to go against dusty carlson at first and that first gillette and against gillette and they were like this isn't working so they flip-flopped us and i was like i had never been thrown by anybody on the field and that was a first but most of the time we just lock up i mean it was kind of wash but yeah man at one time he was just like I was like, oh man. And it was snow. Yeah. That's why I got launched. I was like, the snow and the coldest game ever. And so yeah. And I know we I know we gotta go, Rude, and I sure appreciate yeah. this. This has been fun and thanks for thinking of me. Look, one uh I was at a party when we were when I was a freshman at UW. And I don't know maybe it was even like a sophomore year. And uh and anyway, got to talking with this guy and he's from Cheyenne and and uh, we never lost Cheyenne to East, Central, McCormick, Johnson, Carey. Um, those, those guys never, they just never, they never beat us. And anyway, I think this kid, I can't even remember his name. He went to Central and he was like, man, you guys are cheaters. It's like, what do you mean we're cheaters? And uh, he said, he said, I just, you just were. I mean, your, your home field beating you, trying to play you guys in Laramie was awful. And it never, ever dawned on me. Like, it just never dawned on me. But he goes, like, the lighting was horrible. And the lighting was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was intentionally horrible. And so it was dark. And then he goes, you had those maroon, brown home jerseys. that were the exact color of the football. And then you fake to everybody in the backfield, except maybe one guy. He said, we were just basically this. Everybody was assigned to a guy to ball carrier, and you just tried to tackle him. Didn't matter. You, you tried to tackle him. 
<laughs> so he dawned on me, I was like, I don't think we were cheaters, but we maybe slanted the game our way a little bit. <laughs> you know, he goes, God, we hated you guys. Hated playing you. And then I brought it up. I was like, you know, we played in Cheyenne a lot. Yeah. And, in junior, and in junior high, we didn't have lights and the jerseys were, you know, I mean, the I guess the jerseys were usually black for the the scouts. But I was like, even under old Oki Blanchard, man, we beat Central there. We beat East there. White uniforms, you know, your lighting, <laughs> all those things. And he was like, God, you guys cheated. Well, my senior year, we had <clears throat> two away games. Yeah. <clears throat> so that Green was a stack. Green River and Cheyenne. Yeah, that was a stacking of the deck. And then the next year, you guys paid for that one. But yeah, um, yeah I was stacking the deck. And oh, I, I figured out, I think, by my senior year that I was like, oh, we have a definite advantage at home. Because we had your same, we had your exact same schedule that you had as a senior, we had as a senior. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It was nice. Because the longest trip I had to take was to Green River, like with everybody packed in the bus. Yeah. Yeah. The, the next year we had to go, we went to Evanston oh. and we went to Sheridan. And yeah, those were, those were fun. <laughs> Eating at a buffet place at 1130 and uh, getting on the bus for the next six hours to watch the sunrise as you come through Bosler, <laughs> you know, all the way down. So. Well, Doug, I want to, I want to thank you for uh, being on the show. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, thanks for having me. I, this has been been a lot of fun. I play. I didn't take up too much time or go too far over. It's getting close. Uh, we're good. We're good, man. So uh, thanks a lot. Yeah, most definitely. Maybe see you May 8th at, uh, at War Memorial for the spring game. Folks, right after that interview, I put the spring game in my calendar of things to do, so I will see Doug there. For the last nine years or so, I've been tailgating, watching football games with Doug, and I'm ready to get back at it come the fall. I saw a post by the UW football team telling people to get vaccinated, and wow, the comment section was full of people that refused to get vaccinated. Now, I know I shouldn't judge the overall masses by the comment section, but if it reflects what people are thinking outside of social media, we're never going to get back to normal. I would be perfectly okay with requiring people to have the vaccine before going to football games or sporting events at the University of Wyoming. Hey, they require kids to have their shots before starting kindergarten. This is no different. The vaccines are about saving mankind. They're not political. They're not part of a conspiracy, but I'm not an expert. Please listen to the experts so we can get back to tailgating, high-fiving, standing shoulder to shoulder at War Memorial, and cheering on the brown and gold. All right, folks, the next episode is going to be an Oscar episode with two best friends that have been watching the Academy Awards together for many years now. It's my first theme show. So make sure you check it out. It's going to be fun. On to the next episode. <laughs>